What is up, Inherent family? My name is Stephen DeLaRoche, and you're listening to Life and Style by Inherent. As some of you may be aware, Life and Style is an amalgamation of our two other podcasts, Dressing for Wellness and The Inherent Man. Now, The Inherent Man podcast was a place to shake off the stigma of men's mental well-being through authentic conversations with a diverse group of men. And that was hosted by Andrew Perquette, our foundation president. And he did an absolutely fantastic job, and we love what he did with that podcast. And what we really wanted to do was bring the content that he was getting in The Inherent Man and the conversations that Taylor and I were having um, on dressing for wellness and uh, bring it under one roof. And you've heard us talk about that before, so I won't bore you with the details, but um, the Inherent Man podcast is now becoming the life segments of Life and Style. So what you can expect uh, for the next few life segments of Life and Style by Inherent uh, is the audio from Andrew's podcast that he's already done on The Inherent Man. Uh, you may hear him refer to different uh, URLs that uh, don't actually <laughs> exist anymore. And we just don't want you guys to be confused at all. So hence this preamble. If you want to know more about The Inherent Foundation, you can go to www.thisisinherent.com com, And there will be a tab uh, in the top navigation, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that says foundation. And uh, you can click on that. All of our social media is under one roof as well at this is inherent. Uh, and that's our handle everywhere. Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, all that. So uh, without further ado, I present to you the first life segment of Life and Style by Inherent. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again to the Inherent Man podcast. My name is Andrew Perquette. I get to host these awesome conversations that we're having with other men. But today, I want to just start by sharing my story. I kind of want to uh, uh, break break the first wall, open the first door of sharing where I'm at, sharing my story. Be kind of the first one to share that. Um, don't want to. I don't want to ask other men to do so without myself having done it first. So that's what we're gonna do today. So this week, like I said, uh, I'm gonna share my story. I'm gonna share where I've been. I'm gonna share my experiences with not only mental wellness. Uh, problems that I've faced, uh, but just me facing the pressures of what does it mean to be a man and, and where am I at now? And don't worry, I'm not going to take uh, two hours to share this. I'm just going to really share the highlights and, and the big moments that I've experienced in my life and, and hoping some guys can relate to this. Um, obviously, as uh, younger, we, we all experience things in high school, middle school, uh, even elementary school, a lot of hard things growing up, but I'm really going to focus on just post-college for me. So I graduated high school, I left, uh, grew up in Colorado Springs, left here, went out to Illinois for school, um, which no offense to Illinois, but man, the weather's rough, 
there's not a lot of scenery out there apart from the sunsets. So I came right back to Colorado after, after college and I felt like I was pretty successful in college. I, I was on the improv comedy team, played football for a couple years. Uh, I was, I was able to be a part of some big uh, music festivals and I got some really great professional experience. And, and I feel like just like most people who, who go to college came out just feeling like, man, I, I'm going to do some big things. Big things are about to happen. I'm about to get a job. I'm about to, right, thinking kind of way over, way over my head. But I had some high goals. I'm, I'm, I'm an achiever. And I came back, and all of a sudden, I couldn't get a job. Uh, I moved back into my parents' basement. I ended up working minimum wage at a hotel here in, in Colorado, uh, just valet parking. And uh, that was all I could get. I couldn't get anything anywhere else but this valet parking job because that's what I did in college to, to just make a couple extra bucks. And so I hit this season, man, where, where I was just depressed. I felt like I didn't have a purpose. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know, I didn't know what direction to even go. I didn't really like business. You know, I, I really wanted to help people. I I wanted to come alongside and help people in some way, but um, unless you're, a doctor, you know, it's a doctor. You got to go through school and I'm not smart enough to be a doctor. So shout out to those doctors. Um, so I was just thinking maybe social work and I, but I just couldn't find anything. And so, uh, I ended up going to, uh, every Friday night I went, would go to a country bar. Um, I would dance, but I more so did it because of the drink deal they had, which was 10 bucks. All you can drink from nine o'clock to midnight. I mean, what, dude in his early twenties, isn't going to be a little bit stoked about that. Um, but man, that turned into a rough season of my life. I started drinking, uh, way too much because I was, I was really angry. Uh, I was depressed. I was anxious that I wasn't going to find a job. If I couldn't find a job, um, there's no way I'm going to, going to find a relationship or someone to be in a relationship with. Um, and I just felt like my life was stuck and it was hard for me to see forward and see that good things were, could come from all of this, right? I was really just stuck in my own mind at that point. Uh, when I experienced depression, I, I mentioned this on the last podcast, depression looks different to everybody. And for me, man, I get really, really tired. I get tired. I get unmotivated which ultimately makes me angry because I want to be a motivated person. I want to do big things. I want to be successful. And, but when I get hit these stints of depression, I get really tired, really, really lackluster and really just unmotivated. And then I begin to just hate myself. And there's been times where I just feel that, that resentment towards myself when I go through these seasons. So fortunately about after, uh, after about a year, year and a half of that, um, I did land my first job. I was working uh, actually in a in a church, helping with their high school program. Uh, ended up leading that, and it wasn't ultimately what I wanted to do, but it was a job. And so I, I started doing that, and then I realized, hey, I, I'm not too bad at this. Um, I'm really good at creating programs. I'm really good at creating structure, and I'm, I'm feel like I'm best at creating culture, I'm developing this culture, developing something that people want to be at. Um, so I did that for actually five years and I was doing well in that five years. I met my wife. 
uh, we dated for, well, we knew each other for about a year, dated for about six months, and then we ended up getting married. And in our engagement, I, I felt this anxiety start to creep back up. But here's the thing. I, I didn't really tag it as anxiety. Uh, little story about my wife and I. I always said I'd never date someone taller than me. Um, I lived with that pride for a long time. And, well, I'm about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, on, a, on a good day. And my wife is six foot even. Um, volleyball player from the University of Alabama. I got to say it, roll tide. And uh, when we were friends, I was like, man, this girl is beautiful. Like she is some lucky man that's going to gonna be with her. And, and uh, I don't want to brag, but I got to be that man. So, um, but dating wasn't even an option because she was taller than me. And so I just never had it in my mind to, to date her. And actually I'm going to share with you guys some that, uh, a moment with my dad, my dad had this huge sensei moment where we sat down, we're eating, he has this glass of water and he puts his straw in it. And he says, Hey, does this straw look like it's broken? And I was like, yeah, I guess it looks like it's not connected. Cause you know, when, when you're looking at a straw in water, it looks like it's not connected, all that stuff. I said, yeah, I guess it looks like it's not connected. And he goes, yeah, but you know that it isn't broken. He pulls it out. It's not broken. He said, the perspective that we look at things through can often tell us that things are broken when they're not. And he applied that to what I was going through. He said, you're looking at this situation through your pride. It's causing this anxiety. You know, the, the, nothing is broken, but it's your perspective that's telling you it is. And so... That just blew me away, and that's actually something that I live, I hold really tight to, uh, to this day. And so it was at that point, man. I, I I actually asked her out not long after that, and and the rest is history. And and we're married now, and she's remarkable, she's incredible. Uh, but in our engagement, man, I I went through this season of of just seeing like, man, am I good enough for her? Like if if only I was taller, then I'd be good enough. And this anxiety really started to creep into, to me. And I became very unsure about myself. Uh, but you know what I did? I did what a lot of other men do. I shut it down. I shut it up. And I said, Hey, be strong. Don't worry to those voices. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. So I shoved it down. And so that brings us up to actually 2020, um, about three years into our marriage. And, was still working with high schoolers and it was good. I enjoyed it. I felt like I was good at it. We were growing our programs, felt like it was really successful, but I felt like I wanted to do something else. Felt like it was time to shift. Um, my, a good friend of mine who actually started inherent clothier uh, one of my best friends in the world approached me and said, hey, man, come up with an idea for a nonprofit. Um, he's like, we, we'd love to start something, help guys out, help guys specifically really break the stigma, stigma of men's mental wellness. And, and I was sitting here where I was like, man, I, I'm not the right guy to do that. Like, yeah, I went through a stint of depression. I went through um, a little bit of that. But, you know, I don't think I'm the guy to do that. And it's just funny. It's ironic because in that season – that all last year I was experiencing such heavy anxiety as I know I'm not the only one. Um, first off, 2020 was year of anxiety for everybody. So I know I'm not alone in that. 
but I was dealing with such heavy anxiety and I still was saying like, oh yeah, I'm not the guy to create something to break stigmas of, of men's mental wellness. Because, you know, my mindset all last year was be strong. You know, don't, don't have all these anxiety problems. Don't show that you're feeling insecure, not confident about your job or, or in your marriage, just shove it all down. And you know what that caused was it caused me to start drinking more, to drinking more again, like I did right after college. And I still didn't tag it for, for what it was. I was like, okay, okay. I got to slow down a little bit, you know, but I got this. I'm cool. Like, I don't need to address anything. And it just got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And really I started because of what this anxiety was doing to me. I started really distancing myself from my wife. I subconsciously was like, I'm not in a healthy place. You know, I'm starting to drink more. I'm, I'm becoming really unhealthy. And so subconsciously, I started to distance myself from my wife. And subconsciously, again, it was out of protection for her. I thought, I don't want her to be close to me because I don't want to hurt her. Which is, again, ironic because that's what ended up causing more pain than anything else. I wasn't present in our home. I was always on my phone. Um... I wasn't open with her. We weren't hanging out and doing stuff. And I just really started to distance myself. And I was selfish. And it was selfishness that was that was hidden under the facade of strength. Right? There's a lot of things that we do as men that are in the name of strength and are really quite the opposite. And really they're, and, and I'm speaking towards my own story here. But a lot of things that are, hidden behind the facade of strength are really done in cowardice. Uh, this was me hiding from having to address my issues and my problems, me distancing myself and me medicating with uh, things such as alcohol was <laughs> under the facade of strength, but all of it was just cowardice. It was me being a coward because I didn't want to address what was really going on. And so one night, my wife and I were laying in bed, and all of a sudden, I had this horrible, horrible anxiety attack. My chest started compressing. My heart was beating really fast. I couldn't breathe. My vision was dialing in. And I got up, and I started pacing, and she was like, hey, are you, are you okay, honey? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Am I having a heart attack? Am I? It just, everything finally boiled over, and I knew I couldn't do it anymore. I was so terrified that I knew I had to make a change. And there's a, there's a quote that I have honestly told to people for forever. For the last five years, I've, I can't tell you the number of times I've used this quote, and this was the first time in my life it actually became real. But it says that true change happens when the pain of being the same becomes greater than the pain of change. I'm going to say that again. True change happens when the pain of being the same becomes greater than the pain of change. And that was the point I reached. Again, I kept saying, I can't do this anymore. And so I talked to my wife. I, I was honest about everything that was going on, the drinking that I was feeling and, and everything that I was feeling inside. And first off, she was just so gracious in it. All these things that I was fearful to bring out, she accepted with 
kindness and she accepted with forgiveness. And she was like, cool. What do we need to do to help? What do we need to do to help you and help you get better? Right? So she was so supportive. And I'll talk a little bit more about this in a couple minutes, but I think a lot of us would be surprised to see how supportive the people around us would be if we actually decided to get help, if we actually decided to get better. The the fact that a lot of the people that we're closest to and that are around us are actually pulling for us to do that, are pulling for us to get better, or want to help us and walk alongside us in this journey. And so I started going to counseling for the first time in my life. And I'm not even kidding. The first counseling session wrecked me. He said a couple things and I'm like, man, I got to come back. So I went back and I went back and it, I'm not even kidding. It radically changed my life. I made some little changes. Uh, I actually got rid of social media, um, just the apps and I download them two or three times a week. And that's all the time I get on it. And I realized social media was consuming me, man. I mean, 2020 election year, who's not going to feel anxiety when you're scrolling through social media and you got a bunch of keyboard warriors who uh, really are just also cowards who are going to put down people and, and uh, their, their agenda is more important than, than the uh, feelings and the hearts of other people. Right. Um, Which can be a whole nother conversation. I'm a little, I'm a little passionate, heated about that. Um, but I got rid of that. Um, I started going, I started getting more sleep. Every morning I started reading um, some philosophy. I'd read uh, meditations by Marcus Aurelius, read some of those, and then I'd journal. I started taking these healthier steps, and what it did was not only did it help me, it drew me closer to my wife and to people I cared about. When I got help, it made me better for the people around me. See, there's a couple things that I want to use my story, right? Um, because I wouldn't be where I was if, if I didn't finally acknowledge this and, and, and move forward. When I, when I looked back on my struggle, once I finally identified anxiety for what it was, I looked back and I saw its presence in my life for the last 10 years. I could see it. it, it things made sense that didn't make sense before. And it was the the struggle of anxiety that really dictated so many things in the last 10 years. And you know what? I never addressed it because it wasn't the quote unquote manly thing to do. I had to be strong, right? I had to live inside that facade of strength. Let me tell you what, man, it, it takes more strength to not have a facade. It really does to be open, to be genuine, to be vulnerable. That takes more strength than, than keeping everything inside and carrying the facade of strength. And so here's, here's the thing. Here's a couple of things that I have taken away that I have learned that I, that I just want to help other men learn. And the first one is, who are you? Genuinely at the core of your being, who are you? So many men don't know. But when your core is rooted, when the, the, the essential being of who you are is rooted, and you can confidently say, this is who I am, and I'm actually not sorry about it, right? Um, maybe it's, hey, I don't know how to change oil. Uh, that's okay. I'm, I'm not going to have so much pride to ask somebody for help. Or whatever else may push against what it means to, again, quote, unquote, be a man. When your core is rooted in genuinely in who you are, 
circumstances won't affect your anxiety level. We may still feel stressed, but we have to be able to center ourselves on really who we are as a man, to know who we are. There's there's uh, the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek, and he, it's geared towards businesses and, and knowing your why. He says everyone knows what they do. Most people know how they do it. Very few people know why they do it. Well, I ask men, find your own why. Find your personal why. What is your why? Why do you exist? Once you find that and you can root that uh, down so it doesn't move, uh, that won't be shifted, right? Uh, A firmly planted tree will not be toppled by a storm. It will hold its ground because it's so strongly rooted. And that's how, who we have to be as, as men. And the second thing is, is having someone to talk to. You know, I started uh, a couple years ago, um, some really good friends of mine started a group where every Tuesday we meet at, at six in the morning, we go grab coffee and we just talk about life. Dude, that has radically changed my life. It's changed so much because it's other men who understand what I'm going through. We can talk about what's going on, and it's it's an outlet for me. It's been an outlet not to complain because, you know, I'm not bringing up issues, and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, that, screw that or screw that and whatever. But they offer feedback of like, well, have you ever thought about doing this? Right, we're pushing each other towards being the best man that we can be. So have people in your corner, have people to talk to, because when it's just you and you're bottling bottling these things up, you'll start to believe things that are just self destructive. And you have we have to have other people in our life to speak uh, truth to us, to speak encouragement to us, even as men. Like whoever said it's not manly to talk to people is, I mean, that's just stupid. Um, so it's just the best word I have for it. It's it's, it's ignorant. Um, and then understanding, man, what, like, when you are better, you are better for the people around you. Distancing yourself, creating barriers, only, only damages. There, there is nothing in that that will grow in better relationships. And here's the thing. The people around you need you close to them. Not only do they need you close, they want you close. Right when I finally when I put down these barriers and I brought my wife back in, uh, that love, that uh, affirmation I was looking for, it was there the whole time. But I was creating this distance. It helps us in return. When we take down the walls, it allows people to come close to us. Right, and and I've told people this a lot too, which is something that I've had to believe is a lot of us are are have this mindset of you won't, no one can love me if they really, if they know who I really am. But the truth is no one can love you, can truly love you and care about you if they don't know who you are. Right. We have this thing. If if you really knew me, you couldn't love me. Yeah. But no one can truly love you and, and care about you if they don't know you. Right. So we've got to start taking down these barriers. We have to start removing the, the distance that we're putting between us and other people in the name of strength. Because let me tell you, strength is putting down the barrier. Strength is bringing people close. Close. <laughs> close. I'm not even going to delete that. Welcome to the Inherent Man podcast. <laughs> but strength is bringing people close. And strength is getting the help that you need and that you deserve. 
That is where true strength is because the people around you need the best version of you. So thanks for tuning in today, guys. Thanks for hearing my story. Um, I'd love to talk uh, to, you, to you as well. So just go on our website, go on inherent.foundation. Uh, just fill out the contact link, uh, and I'd love to get in touch and, and talk to you more um, if you have questions or, or anything like that. But keep tuning into this podcast. We're going to start inviting other dudes in to share their story, to share their perspective. And the cool thing is, listen, you, you don't have to have written a book or start something big. We just, we just want men to be here who are willing to talk. Um, so definitely join us for that. And if you would, as, as you are listening to these podcasts, if you would leave a review and share it, we, we'd love that. Um, just help join in our mission of, of breaking this stigma. I want to give a shout out to uh, Jay, like the alphabet. Um, that's the artist that made our music. Um, and just huge shout out to them being willing to take the time, make this incredible beat that we get to use for this podcast. Um, and so with that being said, we're going to ride out with that music, um, let you vibe to it a little bit, check it out and, uh, go check them out on Instagram at J like the alphabet. Thanks for being here guys. We'll see you later.